Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio here in the city of Seattle, and it's Environs, New York Vinny, sitting in with you on this um, eerie, I guess would be the best way you would put it, Saturday morning. Uh, the smoke has taken over the skies of western Washington, and it's, uh, it's Environs, and from where I sit here, you can't see much of anything. It is a smoky mess here. It's uh, uh, back at the studios, as you probably are aware of. We do these shows from uh, home, from my home studio, and because we're, you know, we've covered nineteen and all of that, we don't go into the studios. We do as much as we can uh, from the house, and so Nathan, um, our erstwhile producer, just sent me a picture of what the uh, view is from uh, our actual studios at KKNW, and normally there's this gorgeous picture uh, of from the studio of Mercer Island, and you can see the skyline of Seattle peeking over the uh, over the island and everything like that, and uh, it is just gray. You see the um, I think you see the Applebee's across the street. Where I'm still not convinced that they know your name, uh, but be that as it may. You, uh, you you just get this feeling all around Western Washington this morning that uh, it is well you know it's it's funny it feels the skies look like the middle of winter although we know it's uh, you know September twelfth and as you heard Nathan say in the weather forecast there at the top of the hour um, you know we're all of a sudden hoping and praying for rain uh, to, you know, to tamp this down a little bit. So it's certainly a, a different kind of feeling, which is always a weird thing about Seattle is, uh, there's not many cities I've ever been to where you see people, um, you know, in the regular course of a non drought situation, asking and, and hoping for rain, but here in Seattle, you know, it's a little different than everywhere else. So, But we do hope it rains, it tamps this down, and helps the firefighters uh, that are efforting so hard in so many places around the west and up and down the west coast to, um, to stop this, to fight it, and to contain it. Uh, certainly our hearts go out to those who have lost houses and a different... Uh, things along the way here, summer homes and cabins and and main residences, and in some cases whole towns across Washington have been uh, wiped out because of uh, this um, this horrible um, fire season that to me always seems worse every year. It seems as we progress. And listen, I don't. You can argue and blame it on global, uh, uh, you know, the temperature, uh, climate change. You can blame it on poor forestry, forestry management. You can blame it on. Uh, the, the, there's no shortage of blame to go around. And depending on who you read and who you look at, there's uh, a lot of different theories as to why it is like this. 
Uh, for me, it's just the fact that it is like this. Um, I'm not looking to assign blame. I'm looking to assign um, uh, how, do, how do we fix it? How do we make it better? How do we stop this, um, in, you know, this insanity uh, that is consuming and consumes every year more and more of our state and states up and down the West Coast? And it's not just, you know, a, a, a forest far away that maybe you drive through on the way to Leavenworth or on the way to, to um, Usios or Okanagan or something like that. It's, it, you know, it, it's now in Puyallup and in Bellevue and in, and in parts that you never really thought would um, explode into flames. Now, I don't know if you saw that the state patrol arrested a couple of people for um, it's lighting fires. One idiot, and that's all you can really say is they're idiots, um, was broadcasting it live on Facebook. I'm really getting to the point where I think Facebook ought to be shut down. I really am starting to get to that point where um, it's not a right to have Facebook. I'm sorry. Uh, and, And the idiotic things that people do with it out, seem to start to outweigh, you know, the great rush that you get on your birthday when you get, you know, two or three or four hundred people to wish you a happy birthday. It's It just makes me scratch my head at times and say, is, is what we are experiencing worth it? But that's, you know, stuff for a different show and a different uh, time and and place we are here this morning to talk about cars. I just had an interesting conversation with Nathan um, before we went on the air about washing your car. And I am of the opinion, and I've heard this from experts who I've spoken to about this in previous years, uh, everybody wants to, and and the ash is coming down, and uh, the, the fine particles are depositing themselves on your automotive finish, on your paint job. And uh, the only thing I can tell you about that is before you go into a car wash to take those, uh, you know, to just wash your car, and you have a car that has a nice finish on it, and you want to keep that finish nice, one of the things you, you must do, should do, is... Water down that car before you take it into the car wash. Get a hose or take it to one of those car washes where you can go in and use the, um, you know, the, the, the spray gun to lightly take the uh, residue off of the surface of your car, off of the finish. Because when you go into a car wash and it has the brushes, um, what happens is those fine particles are, are scratched into the paint. And it becomes difficult then um, and possibly ruinous of your paint job to, uh, you know, to do that. Whereas if you just take some water and, you, you know, you spray it up, you spray it off, you wash it off, you rinse it off with clean good water, 
which most of these, um, you know, car washes with the, with the rod, the gun, will have, you have an opportunity to clean this stuff up and, and to get it off of the surface of your car. Then you go in, you do the, you know, the, the, the high-dollar car wash that, that takes care of the bottom of your car and everything, and you go out with a happy camper and a lot less scratch marks on your car. And I go with that for brushless and non-brushless car washes. Um, I, I just think and, and have found throughout the years, I've had many cars with, with extremely beautiful paint jobs on them uh, that have been in this kind of situation. And when you get it out of the car wash, you start to look at the paint, especially if you're driving a dark-colored car, like a black car or something like that. You can see... Uh, the marks, the swirls, and so on and so forth in the paint. And sometimes you can get it out with, um, you know, a good buff job, a good compound job, and and a good paint repair job, and sometimes you can't. So my word of advice to you is to, um, you know, wet that car down before you take it into the car wash, and then, um, you know, and then do do your thing at the car wash and take it through and get the undersides of it so you get all of that uh, all of that gunk. Oh, I don't think a lot of the gunk, you know, deposits on the underside, but it picks it up, certainly picks it up from the road and, uh, you know, again, to find particles uh, that you can, you know, use. My, um, I don't know about you, but my eyes are just trashed because of this. I mean, I've gone through three or four bottles of Visine in the last week, just trying to keep my eyes, um, you know, lubricated and not, you know, red and bulging. I mean, I look like uh, the rat fink with my eyes sticking out uh, and all red uh, because it's just, it gets to my eyes. I have dry eyes to begin with. But be that as it may, we uh, have an action-packed show for you today. Oh, Let me tell you something. Action uh, like you've never seen before to uh, make your Saturday morning uh, spending a little bit of time together. We will uh, talk about um, a phenomenon that we don't see as much anymore, if at all. But back in the uh, 60s and the 70s, if you were a Hot Rod fan like me, uh, there was the Hot Rod magazines, and then there was the um, the Hot Rod cartoon magazines and the Hot Rod comic book magazines. And I find that they are among some of the rarest comic books to find out there. But there was a company, uh, 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 Charlton, I think their name was, uh, Charlton Comics. And they did all of these hot rod magazine, you know, comic books uh, that had, you know, dramatic hot rod stories in them in the form of comic book. Uh, then you also had uh, the car humor magazines, like uh, drag cartoons, cartoons uh, that were mostly done by a guy named Pete Millar out of Southern California. And uh, a great, um, you know, you'd go to the newsstand and, you know, it was like kind of a mad magazine, but focused on 
the automotive world, the car world, the drag racing world. And I, I used to love these magazines, so we'll talk about those a little bit. I want to find out if anybody out in the audience may have uh, been as nuts about these magazines uh, as I have, uh, as I was uh, back in the day. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that cartoons actually still publishes a certain amount of times a year. The uh, owner of the magazine, uh, Pete Millar, uh, passed away several years ago, uh, but his family, I believe, either sold uh, the uh, the imprint or it was taken over after lying dormant for so many years. And uh seems that uh, those are back in print again. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. We got uh, a car review for you coming up. We take a look at uh, the, you know, earlier in the year we talked about the Volkswagen Atlas Cross Sport, which I thought was a great SUV, a great buy. Uh, I got a chance last week to drive the three-seat Atlas SEL. And we'll tell you a little bit about that and how it compares to the two-seat and also uh, some pros and cons about that. We'll uh, also tell you what we're driving this week. As a matter of fact, we'll do that in just a second. And uh, we have a cartoon of the week for you. So we got lots of stuff happening for you this morning on a very smoky edition of Drive Time Radio. Now, uh, Nathan, I believe it's time for our, our your shining moment. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Ah, yes. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, Nathan does such a great job with this. Uh, It's one line that he has in the show, but he takes it seriously, and I appreciate that out of young talent, our our very talented producer, uh, Nathan Miller. So he asked me the question, what am I driving this week? And I will tell you that I am driving uh, the 2021 And I really like this because it is a pre-production version of the Toyota Supra. Now, if you remember several, several weeks ago, I believe it was at the beginning of summer, uh, I got a chance to drive the current model year Supra and really, really enjoyed this car. It is, uh, aside from the fact that you have to kind of contort yourself a little to get into it if you uh, are somebody of size, Um, once you are in there, it's a very comfortable car. Uh, But the people at uh, BMW and Toyota, this is a joint project of BMW and Toyota, decided uh, that what the Super needed was two things. Number one, a four-cylinder engine so that they could bring the price down on it and also more horsepower for the six-cylinder engine. So they have the uh, four-cylinder turbo version of the Supra, which I hear is supposed to be just a little ripper. And then you have this um, this version that I am driving that adds, uh, what does it go from 238 to 273, about 40, 42, 45 horsepower. Uh, and in a little light car like the um, Supra, it makes a difference. This car is a rocket. I mean, I know that they have it um, pinned 
at uh, 155 miles an hour. It won't let you go any faster than that, and that's probably a good thing uh, because this car moves. And now it's automatic only, has the paddle shifters, uh, but I took it out on a, on a little 200-mile ride up Route 9 out by Lake McMurray and Lake Whatcom and through the back roads uh, back there, one of the places that I uh, enjoy taking um, taking the cars and try to give them you know, equal footing, especially the sports cars, so you get a feel of what the car is about. You get to feel it on twisty, turny roads and so on and so forth. And uh, the Supra performs um, as good as anything I've driven. And I've driven Porsches up there. I've driven, uh, you know, you name it. And I've driven it through those back roads up there. And I am just so impressed with what Toyota has done with this car. And by adding the extra horsepower, it gives you that feeling, you know, where you hit the gas and you just get thrown back into the seat and the car takes off. It's a rear-wheel drive, so you don't have any front-wheel drive skip. I'm really waiting to see him come out with an all-wheel drive version of this thing and uh, a stick shift. And I think when they do that, they're not going to be able – I mean, I don't think they can keep them on the dealer lots as it is right now, um, that you're paying premiums if you're buying them. But what I thought was really cool is that they took this car, they listened to people that bought the car, they listened to people that wrote it about the car, they listened to the comments uh, on the different blogs and things that people will write in and complain about the car. And they took that to heart, and they gave it more horsepower, more oomph, uh, made some slight improvements here and there. And for 2021, I believe, came up with a car that's even better than the initial run. Widened out the screen a little bit on the dashboard so you can see it a little bit better. As I say, the only thing this car needs now is all-wheel drive and um, a manual shift. And I believe at least one of those is coming down the pike from Toyota. I don't know which one is coming first. I would probably say the manual shift. But uh, a great tribute to what two companies can do when they work together. Uh, if you like, it's a hard top only. If you like the convertible version, then you got to go out and buy the Z4. But uh, Toyota has really hit the mark with uh, a, a legendary nameplate uh, for Toyota. This was uh, really, you know, the Celica was really kind of Toyota's first, I don't know you want to call it sports car, sports uh, sedan. But uh, they took the Celica, came out with this subline Super, then turned it into its own line itself in the uh, 90s and 2000s, and it really was uh, a special car. People that drove them fell in love with them, as did I. And now it's great to see that car uh, reborn as uh, a little two-seater sports car that uh, gives Toyota, along with the uh, the 86, which is their version of the Subaru BRZ, uh, some really cool, well-priced sports cars. And um, 
it's just a pleasure to drive. So we'll have a full review of it uh, coming up in the weeks to come. Uh, but for right now, that's what I am driving this week, and it's a beautiful pearl white color. So if you see me driving down the street in this thing, please wave and say, Vinny, show me your pearly whites, and I'll just point to the Toyota Supra that I am driving this week. All right, take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about cartoons, drag cartoons, Cars and comic books when we come back here on Drive Time Radio. It's a smoky Saturday morning in the city of Seattle and western Washington. Uh, but we're with you right here, trying to make you see as clear as we possibly can on 1150 KKNW. The newest new cars in 20 years from Chrysler Corporation. The way people have reacted to that new style. More than a new silhouette, it's... The New Shape of Motion. New Shape of Motion in all five cars of the forward look. Completely new. The 1957 Plymouth. Compare the fins. Those fins. They're the keynote of our styling leadership. Styling that others are trying to follow. Compare the new Lotus. Remember, the entire body is new, as much as five inches lower. Twin light styling, really new front grills. The 1957 Dodge. The new Dodge. That's right. Everybody does a double take when they see this new shape of motion. Completely new styling. 93 models, 417 color combinations to choose from. The 1957 Again, styling leadership, plus completely new performance. New torsion air ride is a completely new idea in suspension systems. 1957 Chrysler. With a completely new transmission, the new push-button torque flight transmission. Smoother, swifter acceleration for greater control in every driving range. New power, too. New V8s with greater all-around performance. And here's the proudest expression of the forward look. This year, introducing an Imperial Converter. Imperial is the finest automobile. No matter what price range or model you're interested in, find the styling leader, the best value, among the 93 models of the Forward Look, the newest new cars in 20 years, the 1957 Plymouth. Dodge. DeSoto. Chrysler. And the exclusive Imperial. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. It is Draft Time Radio here on a Saturday morning. New York Vinny hanging out with you for our regular Saturday morning meetup where we talk about uh, cars. 
uh, automotive society and the people that uh, live the automotive lifestyle and just love their cars and love, well, I don't know if they love traffic. I don't know if we're going to go that far. And uh, But, uh, we, you know, we, we delve into all different parts of automotive society, let you know what's new, uh, what's old, what's uh, hanging out there, and what is to come in the future. By the way, thank you for all the good reaction to the uh, show that we did last week, our annual pickup to uh, our annual tribute to the pickup truck. A lot of people um, sent emails and messages and so on and so forth that they enjoyed the show. Uh, and our guests, uh, two of the most knowledgeable people about pickup trucks uh, that uh, you could find, uh, Jill Simonello of uh, Pickup Truck Talk Magazine, uh, PickupTruckTalk.com, uh, I should say, and Ben Calverson of Green Car Reports uh, talking about uh, the electrification and the fuel cell and what is coming as far as pickups, one of the things that happened this past week, I don't know if you got a chance to to see this or not, if you keep your eye. And by the way, if you go to our drive time um, uh, Facebook page, I post a lot of stuff on there during the week about uh, different news stories that come across uh, that we might not get a chance to talk about so much here on the show, but yet they're important for you to know. One of the uh, news stories that did come across uh, this week was uh, the the agreement uh, between General Motors and Honda uh, that uh, we'll see. And they've, they've had some, you know, they've done work before together, the, uh, you know, the Honda pickup truck. And the Avalanche, or the General Motors uh, Avalanche, and the Escalade pickup truck, the EXD, uh, that had that glass back, was a product of Honda and General Motors working together. But uh, this time, it appears that Honda and General Motors well, will get together and make a range of vehicles. You know, with all of this technology that has to be developed around autonomous driving and fuel cell vehicles and electric vehicles and batteries and so on and so forth, there aren't many of these companies that can take the financial hit alone. So you are seeing more and more of these companies develop alliances with each other to be able to survive in a world uh, that is going to be so R&D heavy over the next 10 or 20 years, uh, trying to perfect a battery that is long-range, that people feel confident with and comfortable with, uh, you know, getting in that car and driving it across country on battery power. So that means charging stations, and it means, um, you know, a lot. It means not only selling people a car, but selling them a concept of electric cars. So with this alliance, Honda and General Motors are going to share common vehicle platforms, both electrified and uh, internal combustion systems. So what that means is you will see, I think at some point, Honda get deeper into the pickup truck market courtesy of General Motors. I mean, General Motors, if they have 
uh, expertise right now it is in building large platform vehicles, uh, pickup trucks and SUVs. Honda wants to increase their footprint in that in that market. Uh, they want a better and, and a, uh, a bigger pickup truck than the one that they currently have, although i got to be honest with you, I think their pickup truck is pretty good. But they want to increase uh, their... Um, their ability to sell those vehicles, to sell larger SUVs. And uh, this, I think, really helps both because I, I think at some point smaller cars are going to come back. I think that, I don't think, Fuel prices are going to stay as low as they are uh, right now, and I think that eventually smaller uh, economical cars are are cyclical and they're going to come back. So, uh, you know, it will give General Motors the ability to crank out a smaller car um, pretty much, uh, you know, that sits on a Honda platform very, very quickly. So it'll, it, it, it's going to be interesting uh, to see. It's not the first, obviously, um, merger that we've seen between a large American automaker and a, uh international automaker, Toyota. Uh, the car I'm driving this week is a product of an alliance between Toyota and BMW. Uh, Ford and Volkswagen are developing uh, vehicles. Mazda and Toyota, Subaru and Toyota. Um, It is, uh, so you'll see a lot in the fuel cell and battery space around this merger. But I think you'll also see, not a merger, uh, but you'll also see other products developed. Uh, Honda is already an investor in uh, the autonomous vehicle course called Cruise Origin uh, that GM is developing. There's collaboration going on there between the two companies. And I think that uh, I think it's a good thing for everybody because it brings uh, you know, with the cost of these different developments that people are going to have to make to stay competitive. I don't know that any one company can bear all of that cost. So You'll be able to go in a showroom in the, in the not-too-distant future and buy yourself a Honda Silverado. <laughs> or how about a Chevy Civic? Uh, certainly, as I say, uh, interesting in what we may see from Honda. And to be honest with you, when you look at a General Motors car and you look at a Honda and you look at the quality of both, Maybe Honda can help General Motors along a little bit with that. I'm not saying General Motors is a bad car, but the quality of Honda vehicles is such that people tout it. They talk about it. One of the reasons, big reasons, that people go into a showroom and buy a Honda is because of its reliability and because of its quality. And if Honda can help GM with that a little bit, Uh, to bring up their view 
of how they do business and bring up the quality in their assembly lines, uh, the consumer really benefits from that. And it's been a problem with General Motors from time to time. And if one can help the other in that area, if they can bring up, uh, you know, the, the things like their reliability ratings and consumer reports and things like that, I think that uh, without a doubt it's going to benefit the consumer. It's going to benefit that person that wants to go into a General Motors showroom and buy a Bolt, an electric uh, Bolt, but has maybe some anxiety about either range or about the quality of the car. And I think when you have Honda standing behind it and contributing to that, uh, that it's going to take some of that anxiety away from people. Um, I, I don't, to be honest with you, I think that GM makes a fine product. There are some vehicles they have uh, sometimes have problems with, but for the most part, uh, the quality on most American cars is on a par with uh, many of the of the uh, foreign brands as well. So uh, no, nothing but good, I see, with that merger. All right, we'll take a quick break here, come back with the cartoons, talk about drag cartoons, got the review, uh, the road test of the week for you coming up as well. Uh, this is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny, and uh, we are on 1150 KKNW. <laughs> Pavilion, there's a daydream corner called Mustang. This is the car that dreams are made of. So dream your own Mustang. Take your choice of a six or three V8s. Power steering, power brakes, automatic or standard transmission. Dozens of options. But as standard equipment, you get bucket seats, wall-to-wall carpeting, all vinyl upholstery, padded instrument panel, and full wheel covers. Even though Mustang is a dream, its low price is a beautiful reality. Test drive one right now at your Ford dealers in Pleasant Dreams. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Back with Gun Drive Time Radio, a smoky, foggy, gray desolate day but we're warming the cockles of your heart right here on drive time radio uh as we look out at the sky you know it's funny i have uh, some friends in town that are supposed to go skydiving today um i'm thinking to myself if i were them i might ask for my money back uh and go when i could see something i mean i can't i I'm, i've never Skydive. I've never skydiven. I've never jumped out of a plane. Let me tell you something, unless the damn thing is on fire. And even then, I would try to think in terms of cartoons that I've seen in my life where the plane, you know, is kind of going down and it stops just before it gets to the ground and you just jump out. I would think in those terms, uh, it would take a lot to get me to jump out of a plane. Believe you me. And, um, but... These uh, these guys are going to do it, and uh, I'm 
going to try to go see him, although, again, I don't know that you're going to be able to see much of anything jumping out of a plane today. So we'll see how that goes, but good luck uh, to uh, my friends that are uh, going to do that, uh, that are in town uh, to uh, to have that kind of big fun. Oh, what fun it is. Before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, cartoons, and we'll have one of those for you in a second. Uh, but cartoons, when I was growing up, besides the cartoons that were on in uh, on Saturday morning, uh, cartoons when I was growing up was uh, these magazines uh, that were put out out of, uh, I believe, Torrance, California, uh, by Millar Publishing Company, Drag Cartoons, who um, made Wonder Warthog a garage name. A garage hold? Garage household? I don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, 1962, I believe, or 63, somewhere in there is when they came out. And I remember uh, them and Cartoons Magazine were two magazines that, uh, as you came home when you were a kid from school, you looked on uh, the uh, rack at Maxie's candy store to try to see when those came in. And when you could uh, get them and read them cover to cover. And what they both were, the best way to explain it, was an automotive mad magazine. Uh, Mad magazine, I think, was at its height of popularity uh, back in, you know, 62, 63, 64, 65. I I can't imagine that uh, there was a period where Mad Magazine was as popular. And uh, uh, Pete Millar, who had been drawing uh, cartoons for different um, uh, uh, different, uh, magazines, I think Hot Rod and a few others, decided to strike out on his own and publish these magazines. And for a little kid who was into cars back then from Jackson Heights, it was um, it was as good as Mad Magazine. It was better because it dealt with cars. It showed you who the Rat Fink was. And it showed you who, uh, as I said, the Wonder Warthog, which was kind of a takeoff on the Rat Fink. And it talked about uh, you know Chevys and Fords and and always, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I was kind of young, always acknowledged that uh, the Chevrolet was the king of the street. And that Fords were found on road dead or fixed or repaired daily. And the Chrysler's, uh, you know, Chrysler products were okay. You didn't hate Chrysler like you hated Ford, but if you were a Chevy guy, uh, you hated Ford. And if you were a Ford guy, you didn't like Chevy. It was the, uh, the great American competition between the two. And cartoons and drag... Uh, certainly stoked that fire that they, they did things that regular hot rod magazines couldn't because there was this great fantasy world of comic strips and comic books that were out there, such characters as a Stroker McGurk and Rumpsville and just uh, just so many different cartoons that were out there that dealt with um, 
over-illustrated uh, hot rods that were, you know, that, 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 and we've talked about this before, that we were sitting in school by that time, um, you know, illustrating those cars on our notebooks and on pages in our loose leaf binders. And more than once got a whack across my knuckles from a nun uh, because of that. And it really, you know, it really mirrored um, Mad Magazine and the great stuff uh, that we saw then. And also uh, Millar Publishing uh, had a deal with Ed Big Daddy Roth who, of course, was the creator of the Rat Fink, that I, to this day, keep a little statue of on the dashboard of all of these different cars. So I don't know if you ever got a chance to read uh, these different, um, or, or you are like me and you are around long enough to run up to the store and get these, but if you get a chance to see them on eBay or see one at a garage sale or something like that, pick it up and read through it. It's a great piece of Americana and a great piece of a, a period in time where cars and drag racing and so on and so forth still ruled the roost. We hadn't, uh, y- you know, the kids that were into drag racing hadn't found uh, the other things that they would find later in life. And that was a pretty good thing. All right, let's uh, speak about cartoons. Let's do our cartoon of the week. Uh, we get a chance uh, to uh, delve into a song that you probably know. It's one of the more famous cartoons, and that is songs about cars and love, uh, out there. You certainly heard it. Uh, by the artist J. Frank Wilson. What you probably didn't know, and I don't know how many of you remember Wayne Cochran and his CC Riders, but if you ever saw Wayne Cochran, if you saw Joe Namath, he did that movie back in 1969, CC Rider, and he, Wayne Cochran was in the movie, had an unbelievable and unmistakable plume of white hair, had a certain uh, cock of the walk uh, that he um, that he displayed. I'll never forget, probably in 68 or 69, Labor Day weekend, oddly enough, I was down in Atlantic City. My brother and I and a couple other friends, and we're on the boardwalk at, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the morning. And coming, walking down the boardwalk in formation. So you got Wayne Cochran at the head, and then you have the CC Riders in kind of a V wedge walking up the boardwalk. People are stopping and looking at him and checking him out. And I don't know if it was this planned thing that they did to go from the steel pier to their hotel or what it was. But they're walking up the boardwalk. We're walking the other way down the boardwalk. And we see them. And it was like the coolest thing. Because they might have been at that time, maybe the, the, you know, 
mean, we had met Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones at one point, but Wayne Cochran was pretty cool. He was on TV, and we got to meet him uh, just walking up the boardwalk with his guys uh, in Atlantic City as they were appearing at the Steel Pier on that Labor Day week. I believe it was Labor Day weekend. And um, never forgot him. They had TV shows. Cochran later went on uh, to become a uh, television minister. Well, what else do you do if you're an old rock and roller? But let's go back to 1961 and the original version of this song that if you've ever listened to an oldie station, uh, you have heard. Here's Last Kiss by its original artist, Wayne Cochran and the CC Riders on cartoons. There you go. Neat little ditty that I'm sure you've heard by J. Frank Wilson. Uh, but that is the original version uh, by Wayne Cochran back from 1961 and Last Kiss. Great little love. Boy, you talk about a tearjerker of a song. Uh, that uh, Boy, that one <laughs> certainly... Makes you uh, makes your eyes tear up, or I don't know if it's actually the uh, the, the the sky, but um, great one by Wayne Cochran. You can check out more of his stuff. A lot of Wayne Cochran, uh, in, including lots of performances uh, of his on YouTube. So they're there if you want to uh, check them out. And uh, again, um, fine performance by Wayne Cochran. All right, time now for the um, uh, Drive Time Radio Road Test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we get a chance this week to uh, take a look at the Volkswagen Atlas for 2021, which uh, I drove last week and am not afraid to admit to you and anybody else that it uh, certainly is one of uh, one of my favorites when it comes to, uh, to SUVs. I uh, drove the Atlas Cross Sport not too long ago and uh, just found it to be uh, uh, one of the best out there. Uh, Volkswagen does a really solid job at uh, design, at interior design, uh, of putting materials in this car that feel um, upscale uh, to what you pay for the car. Feels uh, in many ways, uh, this car feels more Audi. Than it does um, that it does Volkswagen. Uh, certainly a uh, a lot of room in the interior. Uh, the um, uh, the design from the outside. Let's start around the outside. Design from the outside is fairly unchanged from 2020. Not uh, a lot of um, changes. A very subtle. Changing some grills, some headlights, some front uh, stuff, and a few lines in the side as they have, uh, you know, changed the styling a little bit for 2021. Uh, and uh, the other big news, I think, for the Atlas is if you opt for the four-cylinder engine in uh, this thing, 
that you can now get uh, all-wheel drive. Previously, you couldn't. But certainly, a um, a car that uh, uh, an SUV that makes you feel uh, from seating position, roominess inside the car, ease of operating uh, the different things inside the car that you need to get in the back seats down, uh, plugs for you know uh, your ports for your uh, charging phones and things like that. All of the little things that, uh, you know, the consumers like to check off when they're buying one of these things. Uh, the, uh, the the touch screen is large and intuitive, and it is huge. I mean, that three-row cargo area in the three-row Atlas is huge. I mean, you want to take two people to go camping in this thing out to the beach or something like that. You're going to do it with no problem. You'll roll out your sleeping bags back there, and you have enough room to keep your stuff inside the car. <laughs> you know, sometimes you go car camping, you got to put your stuff up on the roof or something like that. Uh, but between the uh, panoramic sunroof in this car and the space that you have as far as being able to stretch out in the back or to load it up with stuff, uh, the uh, cargo area in uh, this car is uh, is really one of the biggest in the um, in the class uh, if that's your thing if if interior space is your thing the Volkswagen Atlas is going to um, gonna really sit up there with maybe the Kia Telluride the, the Mazda CX-9 or the uh, uh, the Chevy as roomy at uh, the Traverse as roomy inside vehicles. Um, as I said, uh, the outside change, they uh, you know have, have redesigned the front a little bit, make the uh, three-row Atlas look a little bit more like the Cross Sport and the four-cylinder engine uh, you can get with uh, now uh, all-wheel drive which four-cylinder for a long time was just the front-wheel drive only. Uh, also, some of the other things, the uh, um, uh, the Crossport, uh, which debuted last year, had the updated exterior styling that you now see across the board uh, for uh, this for this uh, this flying vehicle. Um, you know, the, the, some of the competition in this thing, uh, the Honda Pilot, the Highlander, um, even the Tiguan, I guess, competes with itself. They both look a lot, uh, you know, very similar. Um, the Atlas cost more. I think it's bigger in the interior. Uh, but, again, it seems to, uh, the, the Atlas, uh, give you a larger, uh, a feeling, a more solid feeling, I thought, driving the car and the handling of the car, 55.5 cubic feet uh, total with the three seats folded down, 20.6 with uh, behind the rear seat, which is uh, a lot of space uh, for luggage and things behind the third seat. So you have, um, you know, a lot of space back there. As I said, the navigation system, very, very easy to use, 12-speaker Fender sound system. 
five USB ports, and the uh, climate control and the Volkswagen digital cockpit all combined to give that interior experience, I thought, one of the best in the class. Uh, the vehicle I drove had the 3.6-liter V6, 276 horsepower, with an eight-speed automatic transmission, all-wheel drive. Good punch for getting on the freeway. It doesn't lag. It doesn't feel, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it, it uh, it's slow at any point. I thought it was a, a, an adequate, more than adequate vehicle for getting on the freeway, for getting into traffic and so on and so forth. When you called on uh, the 276 horsepower to get going, it got going. And it um, and, and even at high speeds, you know, if you want to pass somebody, if you're doing 60 and you want to go around somebody, you got to hit 70 to 80 to get around them and then get back in the lane uh, on roads in eastern Washington especially. It had that. It brought that uh, to the mix. And that's something that I always think is important in a car to be able to uh, do that. And the off-road performance, you know, listen, I'm not going to tell you that this is an off-road vehicle, but the four-motion all-wheel drive system will handle rutted dirt roads and snow-covered streets. It'll tow up to 5,000 pounds and has good uh, reliability. And, uh, again, it is built in Tennessee if that, uh, you know, if that uh, wets your bippy. I don't know. Is that a thing? What's your bippy? Anyway, uh, the SEL Premium started at forty-seven one ninety-five with the options and everything tilted it at pretty close to fifty-five thousand uh, dollars. But again, you get what you pay for in this one, and I think the Volkswagen Atlas SEL Premium V6 was well worth the money, and is certainly a vehicle that you should be checking out if you are in the market for. That uh, larger midsize SUV. That's going to put it in the books for us on Drive Time. Thank you to Nathan. Thank you to you for listening. And we will catch up with you next Saturday morning if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise right here on 1150 KKNW. Have a good week.